Well, I would be lost without my reminders. Some of that is I stretch myself too thin. Some of it is I'm just dreadful at remembering things. Uh, Just about every week there's a day where I walk out of the house and leaving my lunch that I need for that day nestled very gently in the refrigerator still. Uh, Or other days, and I don't know how I do this, but I leave without having breakfast and I get to work wondering, why am I so hungry today? The worst days are when I combine both of those together. I have forgotten more birthdays than I have remembered. Uh, I have so many moments of my life where I forget what's going on around me. There's been Saturdays where I wake up in a panic because I'm so late only to remember it's Saturday and I actually don't have to go anywhere. My worst fear is showing up on a Sunday and being asked, oh, what are you preaching on today? Oh, was that today? Uh, I'll just do it next week. I am so glad that my phone gets to be the responsible one in this relationship, that it can constantly be reminding me of things. And I use those reminders all the time. I have a reminder set on my phone for Thursday afternoon to let me know, hey, you know how all your neighbors have their trash cans out? That's because tomorrow's trash day, and you should probably do the same. I have a reminder set on my phone right now for the day before my flight, so that way I actually check into it and get to go on this trip. I have a reminder that goes off every single day at lunchtime to, rem- uh, to help me remember what my goals and dreams are for this year, because I would forget them otherwise. But I also kind of hate my reminders. I hate that I keep dropping the ball. I hate that they uh, are something that has to tell me and keep telling me these things, because I wish that I would just know. I hate coming up short, and these reminders are the constant constant reminder that that is the case. I am falling short. And so I have a lot of disdain for these reminders as well. But even the best of us need them. We need to be reminded. And I think there's a couple reasons for this. One is, just like I said, we are forgetful people. Uh, There's that common phrase uh, uh, when we forget something, oh, oh, it must not have been very important. We forget important things all the time. Uh, Like, things that are vital to us, things that we need to know, they just slip from our minds because we are forgetful. We also get focused on other things where uh, there's something important, but we lose it because we start looking at some of the things around us. There's the phrase, out of sight, out of mind, and it rings true. If something is not in the forefront, if we can't see it, if we're not experiencing it, it falls away going instead to the things in front of us as we rush from fire to fire to put out or event to event. As we focus on other things, we lose important things from our mind. And then there's also just time. As time passes, as we get further removed from something, it starts to slip from memory. I was thinking of a a line in the best Disney movie, 1973's Robin Hood. And if you disagree, I I will fight on this hill. (laughs) So in this movie, uh, uh, Lady Cluck, just roll with the name, Uh, Lady Cluck is uh, out there with Maid Marian, and they just finished playing Badminton or something, I can't remember. And uh, they were discussing Maid Marian's true love, Robin Hood, and how they haven't seen each other in so long. And, And Lady Cluck is trying to be consoling, and she says, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But Maid Marian says, or forgetful. Ooh, to lolly, what a line that is. When we are removed from something, when we don't see something around us, we forget it. 
And on this, I was thinking about my grandma, Gran, we called her. And I was thinking about how I have so many fond memories of, of playing with her cat, or I can remember the exact layout of her house, or she was our babysitter, uh, babysitter for a long time, and, and we'd always go over there and, and we would watch the same PBS shows every afternoon. I, I remember this weird incident that I don't know why I remember it, of we were eating chicken and I bit into a bone, and in my pain and anguish, I said, why does chicken have to have bones? But she misheard me and thought I was asking why people had to have bones, and so her answer was the funniest thing of all time to a five-year-old. But now that we're at about 25 years after she passed away, I'm starting to have more and more difficulty remembering what she looks like. And that bums me out. Like, this is one of the most important people in my life, and I can barely recall her just because time has passed. And as that happens, we forget. So we need to be reminded. So as people who need to be reminded, it should come as no shock that this is what we experience in our Christian life as well, that we get wrapped up on other things. We have time pass, or we are just forgetful, and so we miss out on some of the good that God has done for us. We need to be reminded. And this is what we see in our passage that was read for us earlier in 2 Peter. So if you want to turn with me there, we'll be in 2 Peter for, for just about the whole day. We'll, we'll spend most of the time in verse 1, but I want to jump straight to verse 12 for this. Uh, Peter writes to these Christians, and he says this in verse 12. He says, therefore, uh, we'll get to what that therefore is therefore in a bit, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it's right, as long as I'm in this body, to stir up by way of reminder since I know that I, the putting off of my body will be soon, as the Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. So Peter is about to die, and he knows this. And so what is he doing? Verse 15, I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Do you see that? Remind, reminder, recall. Peter is writing to people like us, people who forget things. And we need to be reminded. We need to remember what has been done before. And the reason for this, and why it's especially true in the Christian life, is because we are easily swayed. This isn't uh, we forgot an appointment because uh, it just we didn't get the reminder. This is we could be steered off course. We can miss what God is calling us to be. We can miss God entirely without these reminders. In Peter's context, he's writing uh, to these, these churches where false teachers have come in, and because these Christians are not having these reminders, they're being swayed, they're being pulled away, they're believing these lies. There's also doubts. Without the foundation of truth that God gives to us, it's easy to be swayed and be overly consumed by these doubts. Doubts are not a problem, but when they become everything, then we are missing out on the good that God has for us. So we need to be reminded. And that's why we're doing this series. That's why we're doing this summer playlist where we want to go to some of the passages that you've probably heard time and time again because we want to be reminded of what's in them. We want to be reminded of the truth that God has for us and how he's used these passages in the past to help spur us on for the future. We want to be reminded. So we'll have a variety of speakers come here or online, wherever you're worshiping with us at, to share some of those passages that have been the most influential, most impactful that we can be reminded of. 
And we chose this name, Summer Playlist, for a couple reasons. One, it's summer, so do you see how we got the first part of that? Uh, And then two, because music has this way of spurring a reminder on. When we listen to a song, it might transport us back to a time when we were young or some other period of our life where we can just remember exactly what's going on by just listening to this one song. Uh, I have uh, some music that I was listening to while reading through like the Chronicle of Narnia series. And whenever I listen to those songs, I get all of the images that were in my head. Uh, and so it's weird to be thinking of like, like lions and stuff like that when it has nothing to do with this music. I didn't plan on sharing that and I probably shouldn't have. Uh, so anyways, uh, uh, we have songs that transport us back. Or when a song comes on and it's like, oh, honey, this is our song. This is our first dance song. And it just takes us back to some other parts of our time. Playlists, music, have this way of transporting us back. And there's passages like that in the Bible. There's there's passages that remind us of what God has taught through them before. There's passages that show us a a truth about God that we have just had slipped from our mind. And there's passages that are just jams, that they are just so impactful that we go back to them time and time again, and they never fail us. They never let us down. So we want to go and spend time looking at those jams to see how God can remind us of what he's told us before, of who he is and what he's done. In this passage, in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, it said, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities or these things. And so what is it that Peter is reminding these Christians about? What is it that Peter is reminding us about as people who easily forget, as people who need to be reminded? Well, first thing Peter is reminding about is uh, of what God has done. So the basis of everything we do is because God has already acted. Everything that we are doing now is because God has already worked in us. Because of God, we live for him. And because of God, we can live for him. And it's important that we get that order right. So what is it that God has done for us in this passage? When we see that, if we look at 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3, this is what it says. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of our sinful desire." I love this passage. It is so rich and dense and full, and there's this kind of meandering argument going throughout it. Uh, And so I want to just kind of spend time thinking, how do these verses relate to each other? What do we see God is doing for us inside of this passage? Because it is so good. Uh, Verse 3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we have life and godliness. How do we have that? It is only because of God's action. His divine power is granted to us all of this. So we see God at work right there. We'll we'll talk about life and godliness in a little bit, but God is the one who gives us this. The entire reason why we exist, the entire reason why we're able to follow him is because of God's work inside of us. Uh, You get to the next uh, section. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So God gives us all that we need for life and godliness. How does he give that to us? Through the knowledge of him. So through knowing God, we are able to have life and godliness. Well, how do we know God? 
It's also in that passage. He called us to his own glory and excellence. Do you see God at work here in just this one verse? How do we have life in godliness? Because of God's action. And how do we receive that? By knowing him. And how do we know him? By him calling us. God is at work all throughout this passage, and he is not done. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So how do we receive these promises that are made to us? It's that by which it is connected to knowing him. By knowing God, we receive these promises. How do we, receive, uh, how do we know God? By him calling us. So again, God is at step every single, uh, God is at work every single step of this passage. God is working and we receive these precious and very great promises by God's initiating action in our lives. Don't you love that phrase? His precious and very great promises. I mean, just in this passage alone, you see so many of his promises. We can have life because of him. We can pursue holiness because of him. We can know him. We can know the God of the universe because of him. Uh, We can receive these promises in general because of him. And these are just in this passage. As you think through the rest of Scripture, there's promises that God makes all over the, uh, the place to us that are precious and very great. So as you think through Scripture, what are some promises of God that, that come to mind? What are some of the things that, prom, uh, that God promises to us? And this is audience participation time, so I want you to throw out. What are some promises God makes to us throughout Scripture? Eternal life, Absolutely. Always be faithful. Yeah, Josh. Well, holy life, holy life. Mm, yeah, life with him. Absolutely. Any other promises? Or is it just those three? <laughs> Always love us. Yeah, and we laugh at that because, of course, it's silly to think this is just all that God promises. God promises us all throughout Scripture of so much. And I think we captured in a lot of those promises that are made. God has these precious and very great promises that he makes to us, that he gives to us himself, that he will be faithful and keep to us. And it's, uh, this is so good because this is God working. This is what God is doing for us. And we need to be reminded of everything that God is doing for us. Keep going. Uh, verse 4, pick it up after precious and very great promises. Uh, so that... Through them, you may be partakers of the divine nature. So again, let's follow the reasoning. Through them. Through what? It's those promises that we're talking about. So through receiving these promises from God, we can be partakers of the divine nature. Okay, so get this. This is important. Uh, So because God is promising us things like everything we need for life and godliness, because God is promising that he is working inside of us, we are able to uh, be partakers of this divine nature. That could be a little bit of an interesting phrase for us. It doesn't mean that we are gods or we are even exactly like God is, but instead it's following after the good way that God has for us. We all know that that there's a sinful nature inside of us, that uh, at our worst of times, we revert back to the worst of who we are. Uh, When we're hungry, when we're tired, we are acting out of a nature that is sinful. God is instead putting in a divine nature inside of us, where our instinct is changed, where our behaviors are changed, where we are acting out of following him in the good way that he has for us, rather than the sinful way that we revert back to left to our own devices. So because God promises to us, we are able to follow after him in the way that he has for us. We can, uh, by these promises, we can uh, be 
partakers of the divine nature. And finish out the passage, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So what's going on here? Because of God, we can have life. Because of God, we can know him. Because of God, we are called by him. Because of God, we receive promises. Because of God, we are able to live in the way that he has for us. And because of that, because God has done all of this work, we are able to live for him in holiness and godliness and escape the sin and destruction that comes from this world. God is at work all throughout this passage. And if you're sitting there thinking, yes, I knew all that, that's the point. The point is we do know that. We know these things. This church knew this. None of this is new instruction, but it is a reminder. We need to be reminded of all that God has done for us. And in these two verses, it is jam-packed full of what God has done for us. And we need to be reminded of that. Second thing we need to be reminded of is how we relate to God or how we respond to God based off of what he's done for us. And we see that as we continue on in this passage, how we respond to God. Pick it up in verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, with, and virtue with knowledge, uh, yep, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A lot there, I know that. But what we see is this reaction. There are seven attributes that are mentioned of how we are to live in light of what God has done for us. And it's important that we get to that part, in light of what God has done for us. And we know that because what is the, the transition marker in verse 5? How do we get from everything God was doing to therefore we have these things in our life? It's that first phrase, for this very reason. For what reason? Because of all that God has done for us, we then live in this such a way. Because God has done all of this for us, everything that we walk through in those two dense verses, we therefore live in such a way as this. And it's very important that we get that, that shift in there. And it, and it seems like Peter is addressing a specific situation where there are the, some false teachers who came in and said, you know, you don't need holiness in your life. You don't need to live in the way God has for you. You're already saved and nothing needs to be done after that. Because look at verse 9. This is so fascinating and also kind of funny. Uh, for whoever lacks these qualities, so everything that we're talking about, is so nearsighted, is missing out on what's important, that he is blind. He's so nearsighted that he's blind. Well, why is this condemnation there? What are they missing out on? Continue on the verse. Having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So whoever is missing these qualities, these attributes that we are supposed to have in our lives, whoever is missing those is forgetting of what God has already done, being cleansed from former sins. It's important that we get that distinction. Because some of us might be, like, uh, might be buying into that, that uh, false teaching, whether we're hearing it from someone or not. It's, God has done everything, I'm saved, therefore there's nothing for me to do. And that's not it. 
God has given us these lives for a reason. We are called to follow after him in obedience and pursuing holiness, and that is the life that he has called us to in light of all that he's done, in light of what he's done. But then there's others of us where we get to some of these lists of attributes, and this is where we go, okay, these need to be in my life. So I need to work really, really hard to have more self-control. I need to work really, really hard to have more love. And that's just failure. That's setting ourselves up to just be disappointed and burnt out because it's missing the entire lifeblood of the Christian life, which is verse 3 that we saw. His divine power has granted us all things for life and godliness. His divine power. So seeing all that he's done for us, that is what spurs us to be able to live for him. If we just try to work hard on having these attributes on our lives, then we will miss out. But if we think these attributes are not important, then we're missing out as well. God has worked first, and we are responding by seeking to follow after him. And all the while, he is working within us. It's this kind of reciprocal fashion, but at the start of it is God who is working in us, who helps us to work to follow after him. And what is he calling us to do? Well, it's because of God that we are able to have virtue. This could also be read as uh, moral excellence, so following the standard that God has for us. Because of his first work, because of him working on us, we can have this virtue, this moral excellence. Uh, we can have knowledge because of him, and this makes sense because God is truth. Because of him, we can have self-control. Instead of just grabbing at everything that looks good to us, we are instead able to follow after God's good way for us. We can have steadfastness, the ability to persevere, to, to press through. So no matter what is going on around us, we are unhindered from following after God who has done so much for us. We can have godliness, this, uh, this holiness, the living the way God has called us to. We can have brotherly affection, loving those who are within the church and love, loving those who are inside the church and out, which we are only able to do because God has so demonstrated love for us. We are people who need to be reminded. We look at this list and say, yes, this should be in my life, and we know we're falling short. We look at this list and say, yes, I should be living the way God has called me to, and I know I'm falling short. We look at this and we say, yes, I have been working too much out of my own power in this. We look at our lives and we recognize it's not where we want it to be, and because we need to be reminded of who God is and what he is calling us to do. And that's why we're doing this series. That's why we're going back to passages that we've probably read thousands of times, because inside of them we can recognize what God has taught us before, and we need to be reminded of that. Inside of these verses, we can remember those moments where God spurred us to follow him even better. Or we can go back to the passages, this is why I started following Jesus to begin with. We want to go back to these passages because to see what God has already done through them to help us in the times that we need to be reminded of that truth. And I get it. Hearing the same thing over and over again is not the most fun thing. To an extent. Because I think about it this way. Think of someone uh, like a spouse or a parent or your child. And think of them saying to you this phrase, I love you. That is a message that we never get tired of. We never reach a point where we don't want to hear those words anymore. This is someone who loves me, who cares for me, 
who knows me more than anyone else. And them saying that is just a constant joy to me, and I always need to hear those words. Good job. I am so proud of you. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I can ever get to a point where I can hear that too much because everything else is telling me otherwise. So we hear these messages over and over again, and they're so good to us. And in the same way, on every single Sunday, I just have one message, and it's not even mine. It's the gospel of who is God and what has he done. And we need this message time and time again. We need to keep going back to it every single Sunday, every single day, every single moment, lest it slips from the forefront of our minds and we think that it is less than it is. Because it's the greatest story that we'll ever hear. It's the greatest truth that we will ever experience. And there could be no capacity on how many times that we hear of what God has done for us and how we live for him. So what do we do with this? With this series that we're going through, returning to these passages, always seeking to be reminded of what God has done before because we are a forgetful people, what can we do with that? Well, quite simply, fall in love with a part of Scripture. And I know that is hard to do, like we can't really force that, but we can place ourselves in a situation where that's possible. We can't try to generate hope or love for God by just working really hard, but we can't place ourselves in a situation where we can be reminded of what God has done for us, and that spurs on hope and love. And so as you are reading through the Bible, as you are going through a series with us, whatever series that may be, as you are at base camp starting next week and you get to see a lot of the passages there, as you're going through Colossians and our women's studies starting this week, any of those where we are in God's word and a passage comes to mind as impactful, jot it down. Or as people share passages with you, as you hear something, uh, jot down those passages so that we can always return to them by way of reminder, and then let's repeatedly return to them. Uh, Let me show what I mean by this. Uh, One passage that's uh, specifically impactful for me is Philippians 4, verse 8. It says this, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I have it in me to think about things that are not commendable. I have it in me to fill my life with times and events, with things that don't actually build me up, that don't point me to God, but actually maybe build myself up to think more highly of myself than I ought or to fill my time with things that really just do only that. They fill my time. They're not spurring me along. They're not honorable. They're they're nothing like that. I have it in me to be selfish and, and not focus on what is just and what is pure and what is lovely. We can spend an entire message about my shortcomings, but that's not the point. The, the point is, I need to be reminded of these words to the point where... Uh, it, a couple of years ago, I just made this, and it's this passage, and I keep it on my office. I'm going to try not to blind you with the, with the, the reflection. I keep it in my office right above my desk, and if you're ever in the offices, you will see it right above my chair. And you may think, oh, he keeps verses in his office. He must be holy. No, no, I keep verses in my office because I'm forgetful, and I need to be reminded that this is the truth that God has for me and who he's calling me to be. So fall in love with a passage of Scripture. Find your jam. Find something that's going to continue to point you back to who God is and what he's done. Because there are times that we'll forget. 
In fact, there's most of the time that we will forget, and we need to be reminded of these things. We need to be reminded of what God was doing when he called us to him. We need to be reminded of what God was doing when we were following him more, uh, uh, more than we ever have in our lives, and we slip away from that. And we need to constantly be reminded of these things to keep going back to it. So fall in love with a passage of Scripture. Maybe you'll find it in this series. Maybe one of these passages that one of the preachers will be going through will be one that God just speaks to you clearly of who he is and who he's called you to be, who he has made you as. And we lose those messages, so keep coming back to that passage. Or maybe you have your verses. Maybe you have your jams. Maybe you have an entire playlist yourself of what God has spoken to you for. That's so good. Let's continue to find ways that we can be reminded of those. Maybe it's filling out uh, cards with the verses on it and leaving it around the house. Maybe it's putting a verse on a a picture and having it uh, in a place that you'll see it. Maybe it's using those uh, annoying reminders that we have on our phones. I thought this week, maybe uh, with Philippians 4.8, every day at 4.08, I have an alert that reminds me to read this passage. None of this is steps that you have to take. None of this is legalism that you must follow to fall in love with God, but these are steps to remind us of how much God loves us and how we live in response to him. So find your passage and return regularly to those passages that have so deeply impacted us. Let's let it be one step that we can do so that it could be one part of making every effort so that we may be able at any time to recall these things. One other thing that we do as a bit of reminder around here is we have the opportunity the first Sunday of every month to take communion. When Jesus was at the table before he was betrayed by one of his disciples, before he was arrested, before he went and he died the death that should have been ours, he was at this table with his disciples and he took the bread and he took the cup and he said, whenever you take these, do this in remembrance of me. So we want to give time. We want to give an opportunity for you to get to reflect on what it is that Jesus has done because of Jesus. And if you're opening right now, you might be a little bit early, and so I don't want you to get caught off guard. Uh, I want you to spend time to reflect on what it is that Jesus has done. He took the death that should have been ours. He made it so all of this is possible. And by all of this, I mean us to know God us to be able to gather in Thornton, Colorado, us to be able to follow him and be with other Christians. All of that is possible because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. So we want to stop, we want to pause, and we want to remember what has been done for us. But we also want to remember that we have been falling short that we are not living in the way that God has called us to. Maybe it is that these, uh, these qualities are not in our lives. Maybe it is that these qualities we have been trying to generate ourselves in our lives rather than turning to God as the means and motivation to be able to follow after him. So we want to look in our life, where we have fallen short, and we want to bring that to God. So I'm going to give us a time to pause and reflect and be still and to remember We need these times to stop and remember, lest we forget what God has done and who he has called us to be. So take a couple moments. I'll call us back in a little bit, and we'll take the elements at that time. But take this time as a chance to remember who God is 
and what he has done.